You're listening to the Elevate Main podcast. To learn more about Elevate, visit our website at www.elevate.org.ph. We hope you enjoy today's talk. Hi guys, welcome to our online youth service. I am Kuya JCU. Today I'm not hosting our hangout, but I'm given the privilege to speak God's word. And it's really a joy, you know, the past two weeks we've been learning about pain. Last week, for example, we learned to be content in spite of the difficult financial worries that we have. And as we start our message for today, I'd like to ask you a question. The question is, how are you really? Because it's been almost six months since we started this lockdown, since we started these different kinds of letters that we've been introduced to, like ECQ, MECQ, GCQ, JCU. No, just kidding. But the truth is, we want to be able to ask this question. Because I know that for many of you, you've been struggling. Maybe some of your parents lost their jobs. Maybe your business is not doing so well. Maybe um, you're having difficulty in this online classes that's happening right now or is about to start. And you have a lot of questions. When will this end? How long will this be? And I would like to ask you this question. How are you really? Because the truth is many of us is not okay. And if that's one of you, and you're not okay right now, you're having difficulty asking that question, when will this end? What will be my worries, etc.? Would you just be honest with us and type in the chat box down below and say, I'm not okay. And for the rest of us, or even if you're also not okay, and you see all this chat coming up, I'm not okay, I encourage you to send them a message, maybe even just an emoji or a verse that will be able to encourage them. Together, let's remind ourselves that in spite of all the difficulties, in spite of everything that's happening right now, we are not alone, and we are here and in this together. And I pray that together we can be able to weather the storm. And even though you're not okay right now, one day we can be able to be sure that everything will be okay in God's time. So as we continue, why don't we pause and pray? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. Because Lord, in spite of everything that's happening, in spite of everything, Father God, that's going on, Lord, I pray that you would, your presence, Father God, still remains. Your love still continues, Father God. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, for our time together right now. I pray, Lord God, that you would empower me as I speak. I pray for all those that are listening right now, Lord. I pray that you would free them from distractions. And I pray, Father God, right now, as we answer this very vital question, that you would speak to us, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Can I just be honest with you? One of the things that is really so hard for me, especially during this time, is answering this question. Why does God allow sickness and death or pain or suffering? And right now in this series, I'm Not Okay, we address that issue of pain, of suffering, financial worries, sickness, and in death. And today in our message, we're going to be answering the question, why does God allow sickness and that. And for me, my dear friends, it's so hard to talk about this because we're going to be not looking at just one single passage. There's not a single passage that tells us, oh, this is why God allows it. There's not a single passage that God tells, you know what? It's because of you. It's because of sin. It's because of um, calamities, bad people. No. Why? Because sickness and death is no respecter of persons. Whether you are rich or poor, you get sick. Whether you are influential or not, you get sick. Whether you are in politics, you have a really good business, you get sick. Whether you are in the streets or in a penthouse, you still get sick. I see, sickness and death is no respecter of persons. No matter your class, no matter how famous you are, no matter how wealthy you are, we all get sick all of us ultimately dies. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of followers on Facebook. There's no amount of anything that can tell you, okay, now I'm protected from getting sick. Now I'm protected from dying. Why? Because sickness and death is no respecter of persons. 
And today we're going to be looking at four things on how I believe the Bible represents and reminds us what sickness and death really is. These four things are, is this, sickness and death makes us, number one, realize that life is short. Sickness and death makes us trust that God is in control. And we're going to be looking at just how that happens. And sickness and death makes us see our need for a Savior. And finally, sickness and death make us long for eternity. And today, we're going to be answering those four things. Why does God allow sickness and death? And seeing it through this lens. And seeing it that, you know what, even though you're not okay, even though there's worries, even though uh, you lost your family business, even though your mom or your dad, um, what they call this, don't know what to do anymore, or one of your family members are sick with COVID, there is hope. And there is something more that can happen. So as we continue our message for today, let's start with the first point. Sickness and that makes us realize that life is short. James chapter 4, verse 13 to 14 tells us, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. And I had plans before uh, the coronavirus hit. I was planning to go to Davao and then to Cebu. And to, the list goes on. And maybe you had all your own plans. You had your Holy Week vacations planned out. And they said that, Today or tomorrow, we will go to such a such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make profit. We have plans. We want to get money. We, we want to get rich. said, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. Everybody was surprised. Everybody was saying, what? We're not allowed to travel. We're not even allowed to go outside of our homes instead of just buying food. If you're under 21, which most of you, I believe, are, you're not allowed. You've been all around your house, staying in your room, and all the list goes on. What? You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. It's just like lighting a match. One second it's there and the next it's gone. And the Bible tells us that our life here on earth is like that. Here today and gone tomorrow. We cannot predict when we will die. There's no stamp on each of us. Okay, JC, up to 70 years old, and then you're dead. Oh, Pastor Marty, you can live up to 90, and then you're dead. It's not like the movie uh, in time that you have a countdown on your risk and then tells you when you will live or when you will die. So what do we do now? The Bible tells us in Psalm 90, verse 12, So teach us to number our days that, may we, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Knowing that life is short makes us realize that we need to be able to be good stewards of our life. You can be the strong athletic type right now in your prime, in your 20s, but then sickness hits you and then you die within months. You can be um, old in your 90s and still strong. And then God takes you home in your sleep. We do not know when. And that's why we need to ask the Lord to teach us to number our days. Why? So that we will get a heart of wisdom. A heart of wisdom to know what to do. Where to spend our time in. Where to spend our money in. Why? Because sickness and death teaches us that life is short. Let me tell you a story of Tita Juvi. And Tita Juvi, in 2016, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it came as a surprise for many, and then it was really hard on the family. But they went through chemo, and they were so expectant that God would heal her. But what happened was that it metastasized. It spread to her skin, and then it spread to her lungs, and then it spread to her brain. And then ultimately, it took her life. And it was a very sad thing for her family. But you know what? In spite of all that pain, the family and her churchmates really saw Tita Juvi live a different kind of life. She lived a life filled with wisdom, so much so that in spite of her difficulties, in spite of her pain, she still continued to serve the Lord. 
In her church in CCF North Edsa, people would see her serve in ministry, something like ushering, but she was going around uh, and making sure that everybody was safe. In spite of her pain, in spite of her difficulty, she showed love, she showed compassion, and she made the best of the years that was left in her life. And finally, in 2020, just uh, 2019, December, God took her home. But one of her parting words um, to her family was this, This sickness can destroy my my body, but not my spirit. Because God holds it already. He will always be beside me. What? Look at the kind of faith that Tita Juby presents. This sickness, it can destroy my body. It can take it away. It can rot. It will make me weak. It will make me really powerless. But you know what? I still have hope. Why? Because my spirit is now in the hands of God. My spirit is in the hands of my Savior. That's why I can have joy. That's why I can live my life happy. That's why I can be able to still be able to serve Him. You see, sickness and death makes us realize that what life is short. The second thing is this. Sickness and death makes us trust that God is in control. For the most part of my preparation for this message, I really studied the life of Job. And we can be able to see in the life of Job. For example, Job chapter 1, verse 1, it says there, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And the man was blameless and upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. And it continues, Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions also were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men of the East. We can see that Job was, number one, he was righteous. God was commending him for his excellence and holiness. He was righteous. Next, he was rich. He was very rich. He had a lot of money. He had a lot of camels. He had a lot of children. And he was also renowned. Meaning everybody in Uz, in the nearby cities, know about Job. And what was happening next? And then from that scene, they take us out and bring us to heaven. This is what happened. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered, and the Lord, the Lord said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Is he fearing you just because there's something to fear? No, there's nothing to fear because you bless him so much. And this is what he said. Have you not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has? On every side, you have blessed the work of his hands, and on his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse you to your face. So Satan was telling to God, you know what? He fears you because you're blessing him. You're giving him everything. You're giving him riches. You're giving him children and all of that. But Satan was telling him, you know what? The moment you take away all of this sickness, the moment you take away all of these children, he will curse you. And then let's look at what happened next. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. And this is what he did next. He went on a rampage trying to attack Job. And what did he do? In a single day, this is what happened. On a single day, Job lost everything. First, oxen and servants. The Sabaeans stole and killed all of his oxen and his servants. So much so that while the person was reporting, one of his servants was reporting, another servant comes along the way and says, Sir, Job, your sheep and your servants, a fire from heaven engulfed and killed. Maybe a lightning struck and then it killed everyone. Or maybe a meteor. We don't know exactly what happened. But fire... It engulfed everyone and all of your sheep is gone. And as this was, the servant was sharing something, what happened next? Another servant comes and says, Sir, 
all your camel and your servants, the Chaldeans, raided and killed. I can only imagine how big the property of Job is. Just imagine there's fire happening here, another Sabians attacking in one side, um, Chaldeans attacking on the other. Just imagine how big that property is. But you know, it did not end there. What happened next was another servant comes, and then what happens? He says, Sir, your children and the house that were, they were in, an, a tornado came, a gust of wind that was so strong that it allowed the whole house to collapse. And it killed one of your children? No. Two? No. It killed all ten of Job's children. What would happen to you if one after the other, after the other, after the other happened to you? For many of us, one problem, it devastates us. It pulls us away from the Lord. But you know what the most amazing thing is when you look at Job and his response, this is how he did. Job chapter 1, verse 20 and 22 says, Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though all, through all of this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. My dear friends, in spite of everything that happened to Job, because of his righteousness, because of his belief of who God is, he was able to respond in worship. I, don't, I can't imagine myself responding that way. I can't imagine myself responding if somebody brings me a news that m- my whole family died. I would respond and drop to my knees and worship. But Job did because he knew who God was. And his worship was not like you, you sing praises, yay, hallelujah, amazing. His worship was like, He went down on his knees. He tore his clothes. He even shaved his head because his heart was so heavy. He was mourning. He was in tears. All of his possessions, all of his children, gone in a single day. But he was able to worship God. He was able to proclaim God's goodness and God's grace and said, what? Blessed be the name of God. Of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And let's look at that. He fell on the ground and worshiped. He said, The Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. He says, The Lord has given, the Chaldeans has taken. No. The Lord has given, the tornado has killed my children. No. He said, The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Even in suffering, even in sickness, even in pain, you acknowledge that God is in control. You see, even in mourning and grief, we can be able to choose to worship the Lord. Even in the difficulties that you have in your life, even in COVID-19, even in family businesses that are crumbling, we can choose to worship the Lord. It's something unthinkable, something that is out of the ordinary, but because we know who God is, we can trust Him. I love how Job continuously in the the whole passage, you could see different friends giving him comfort, giving him advice. And in Job 38, finally God starts to speak. and And one of those says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Where were you? You know, my dear friends, the difficult thing here is this. God is saying, you know what? It's too complex. The answer to why sickness, why God allows sickness in that cannot be answered with a simple statement or catchphrase because it, because it goes beyond that. In the next couple of chapters, you could see God narrating how awesome and how majestic He is. From the creation of the world to how things run in the world, the rising of the sun, the setting of the sun, to majestic kinds of creatures, this all proclaim who God is and how He is able to manage every single one. 
knowing the stars, knowing amazing creatures, knowing the setting and the rising of the sun, God is in control of every single detail of life, including sickness and in death. John Piper says, Job's story is recorded so that we can help living, uh, we can help living through calamities while trusting God. This is an example for us that even in spite of the calamities, we can be able to live. We can be able to thrive because God is in control. We can be able to trust Him no matter what's happening because God is in control. Sickness and death makes us realize that life is short. Sickness and death makes us trust that God is in control. And I love this. Sickness and death makes us realize our need for a Savior. Where do we find that? In Luke chapter 6, verse 17 to 19, it says, Jesus came down with them and stood at a level place. And there was a large crowd of his disciples and a great throng of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And these are from all over the place, near and far. People were coming to Jesus. Why? Because they heard that he was able to heal. They heard that he was able to cast out demons. They won't go to Jesus if he couldn't heal. They won't go to Jesus if he couldn't cast out demons. They won't go to Jesus if they didn't hear that he speaks with authority. But they, because of all of the sickness, because of the demon possessions, it attracted them and it made them sacrifice, even going far distances, just to see Jesus, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their disease. And to those who were troubled with unclean spirits were being cured. And all the people were trying to touch him, for power was coming from him and healing them all. Isn't that amazing? Because of the sickness, because of the death, they realized that they needed to go to Jesus. And in the same way right now, many people, sickness and death is God's wake-up call to many of us. I was talking to one of the guards in our condo about all this COVID-19. And we, as we were having discussion, I was surprised with his statement. He said, you know what, sir? I realized na wake up call na ni Gato. That came from him. I didn't say that. I feeling that God needed to get our attention. And he was not a Christian. And he was saying, God needed to get our attention. And I agree with him. Maybe all of these things. You know what happened? When the COVID-19 started, searches about God skyrocketed. Searches about churches skyrocketed because people have a need for a Savior. When we have sickness, when there is death, people realize that life is short. They make it question, what will happen after I die? Well, is there life after death? You see, sickness and death makes us crave and realize that we need a Savior. We need something that comes, not only save our sickness, not only what are, we're feeling ill, but ultimately, look at this. You see, God whispers in our pleasures. God speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. This is what C.S. Lewis says. And for many times, God has been taking and trying to get your attention. Maybe through friends, family members. And finally, maybe something troublesome happened in your life just so that God will be able to finally say, you know what? It's time. It's time that you hear my voice. It's time that I get your attention because I love you. It might be painful. It might be really hurtful. It might break your heart, but it will draw you closer to God. You see, sickness and death makes us realize our need for a Savior. But Kuya JC, why don't God just allow everyone to be healed? Why does God just doesn't 
just put an end to this COVID-19. I want to travel. I want to go back to school and meet my classmates. I want to learn. I want to earn my business again. I want to get well. You know what? I can't answer that. But the truth is this. Yes, God heals even up to today. But what? It is up to Him to decide when and who. That's hard. Not everyone. Even during Jesus' time, Jesus did not heal everyone. But during that time, there was a lot of people there waiting to be healed. But Jesus only healed one person. Out of the multitudes that was waiting for that healing in that place, God only healed one person. Why? Because yes, God heals even up to today. But it is up to Him to decide when and who. We cannot demand to God, Lord, heal me. Lord, I've been good to you. Lord, I've attended all of the youth services. Lord, I'm serving you in ministry. Lord, it's not up to you. It's not about you. It's not about all the good things that you're doing. Why? Because healing comes from the Lord. And it is Him who decides who He heals and who He doesn't heal. Ultimately, I love this quote from Grace to you. It says, God may remove your suffering, and that will be of great cause for praise. We praise the Lord always. When we hear stories of healing, we praise God. But you know what? This is great. But if not, He will use it and He will use anything and everything that stands in the way of His fellowship with you. So let God mold you and make you, what? Let God mold you and make you, transform you from glory to glory. That's the deeper healing. It goes beyond physical healing. God is getting your attention. God is telling you, you need a Savior. God, let God mold you. Let God transform you. Let God speak to you. Because maybe God is taking this time, this COVID-19, as a wake-up call to the world that, hey, you need a Savior. And Jesus has already come. And this is, I love this. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Ultimately, God's desire and God's plan is this. God's plan was not just to rescue us from sickness and harm. No, it's just not about sickness and harm. But what? To redeem us from sin. That is the ultimate saving that we need to have. Not from sickness, not from harm, not from death, but from sin. And the, the second death, which is eternal separation from God. Sickness and death makes us realize our need for our Savior. Let's review. Sickness and death makes us realize that life is short. Sickness and death makes us trust that God is in control. Sickness and death makes us see our need for a Savior. And finally, sickness and death makes us long for eternity. My dear friends, before I continue sharing with you about how sickness and death makes us long for eternity. Let's hear one of our campus missionaries' story and how this uh, a death has impacted her life. Let's listen to our sister, Diane Garlitos. I grew up in a non-Christian family. I learned how to cut glass, lie, cheat, curse, drink alcohol, and bully during high school years. I also found my identity in my friends during that time. Because of this, I became disrespectful towards my parents, and most of the time, I disobeyed them. When I entered college, I wasn't able to pursue the course I wanted, and I didn't get into my dream school. I was frustrated and questioned God. If I, ca if I can't get what I want and would die anyway, what is the purpose of my life? It was during this time that the Lord met me. I got invited to an Elevate event uh, during my first year cut in college and out of curiosity, I went. I thought it was just another religious activity. However, I got plugged into a discipleship group in the campus. Through continuous follow-up, intentional discipleship, 
and sincere prayers of my leader. Eventually, God broke my heart when my family went through various problems. This brokenness allowed me to be serious in attending my discipleship group in the campus. It was through this hard time that I, I genuinely accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and asked Him to take control of everything happening in my life. That time, I surrendered my brokenness to God. He then softened my heart and heart, and the message of the gospel impacted my life. I felt the love of Christ and that I, I knew I needed the most. And I also experienced His grace uh, through His people, His word, and through prayers. I finally realized that I found true security and affirmation from my Heavenly Father. My involvement in the campus movement led me to know God deeper and His purpose for me to make disciples in the campus. By God's grace, He also changed my heart for my family and gave me the strength and the willingness to honor my parents and prayed for the reconciliation. I even boldly shared my new faith to my family. My burden to reach out to the lost also increased, so I accepted the challenge of my D-group leader to share the gospel and start making disciples in our campus. I step up in faith and obey God, believing and knowing that it is He who calls, equips, and empowers. The year before I graduated, I asked God where He wants me to put after college. My burden and desire to reach out to more students in the campus deepened and became very real to me when He used me to reach out to other campuses near my campus. By God's grace and faithfulness, I applied as campus missionary after college. I went through and passed the process, raised support, and now I am serving the, the Lord full-time in Elevate. Even as I am serving God already in full-time capacity, I still experience challenge and brokenness. One of the worst was when my mother confessed to us that she maybe have a breast cancer. She had to file her leave from work, and we immediately consulted her doctor. She was admitted for days in the hospital and went through biopsy procedure. Her hearts broke when we found out that it was too late for us because she was already in the fourth stage of cancer. She had to go through tests for the chemotherapy. As we were waiting for the test result, consulting the doctor for other options for her treatment, we were also looking for financial support for my mom to be treated in the hospital. That devastating challenge united our family. We grew closer while taking care of her. I kept on praying for her, uh, encouraged her every night, and reminded her of the gospel. All of this happened during the time I was in training for my uh, campus missionary post. We had to pass certain requirements and finish the training program. There were times my mind was cluttered and didn't know what should I do first. I witnessed my mom in pain and my heart broke. I cried to God praying and asking him, why would he allow me and my family to go through this? I was emotionally drained and physically drained, but despite the brokenness and trails, I didn't stop serving the Lord for I knew that he is the one who called me here. We were on the last leg of our training when we went to Prayer Mountain to prepare our heart for the mission field. My only prayer that time was for a miracle for my mom. During the last day, I received a text message from my family that she already passed away. Hitting the rock bottom, I immediately traveled back home despite of the bad weather during that time. On my way, on my way home, I was crying and asking God, why my, why my mom? Why today? I am not prepared. After my mom's passing, I experienced a big adjustment since I am the oldest and the only working during that time. I filled in my mom's shoes in taking care of my two siblings. With pressures in life, I was tempted to quit my full-time work as a missionary. But during those times, God made it clear that He called me and affirmed me that uh, he, he has plans for me and will take care of us. By God's grace, I did not quit and continue trusting Him and holding on to His promises. I am now relieved for my mom that she is no longer experiencing the pain that she was going through before. 
Instead, she is she is experiencing the joy with her Heavenly Father. Even though I am missing my mom every day, I just cling to the promise, to the truth that Jesus brings his people home in heaven. Now I am still serving God in a full-time capacity through campus ministry. By God's grace, I am part of a growing ministry and Elevate Anonas, in which also he has blessed me to start and handle campus movements. Please continue to pray for me and my family that we may continue to trust God. Last week was the second death anniversary of my mom. It's still fresh and heartbreaking for us. But because of God's faithfulness in my life, I know that He will never abandon His people and His plan is always greater. I am Diane Garlitos. To God be all the glory. In the testimony of our sister, Diane Garlitos, you might ask the question, Lord, why would you allow such timing? She went full-time, and then she was already on her training, and then you would take her mom just when she finished her training on that prayer mountain. Lord, she's praying. She's serving you in ministry. She's doing all the things that is for your kingdom, but you took away her mom while she was doing ministry. And she didn't even be able to say goodbye. Just imagine, I could imagine the pain that Diane was feeling as she was going home from that prayer mountain. But you know what? I love the the last part of her testimony when she has hope. Because she was telling me that her mom gave her life to Christ just before she found out that she had cancer. And she started reading the Bible on her own and developing an intimate relationship with God. Praise God. And because of that, she's able to say with confidence the last part, which says, I'm excited to see her and be reunited with her in heaven. You know, that's the beautiful thing about being a Christian. It's because sickness and death, it's not final. It's not a period. But there is something more after this life. This life can be difficult. This life can throw you so many punches. It can make you sick. It can make you poor. It can make you devastated with everything that is happening. But you know what? There is something as believers that we can be able to look forward to, and that is eternity. And the Bible says that this life here is just a fraction of that. And the rest of eternity will be glorious. And look at just a glimpse of what this is. Revelation 21 verse 4 says, And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no longer be any death. There will be no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed. My dear friends, this is eternity. Just imagine no more death, no more pain. And the beautiful thing is that in eternity, God himself will be there. And I see three things that I personally am excited because of eternity. And these are this. Number one, eternity invites us to what? The presence of God. God is there, the ultimate source of our joy, the ultimate source of our satisfaction. He will be within arm's reach. You will be able to spend time with Him, and you will be able to talk to Him. The presence of God is there. Next, the absence of pain. I don't know about you, but that excites me so much. There will be no more pain. There will be no more heartache. There will be no more tears of sadness. Why? Because that is eternity. And this, the last one, it's amazing. But this is an exclusive promise to those that follow Jesus. Not for everyone. We will be what? Reunification of people we lost. We will be reunited with everyone the people that we have lost, family members that follow Jesus in heaven, we're going to be able to see and together celebrate with perfect bodies, no sickness, no pain, no abnormalities. And together we will worship 
because God's presence is there. You see, eternity invites us to the presence of God, to the absence of pain, and the reunification of the people of God. Isn't that exciting? You know, sickness and death. For many people, I have heard stories that they would say is this. You know what? I can't wait to be with Jesus. Tell, tell you honestly, this is one of the hardest messages, as I said, to prepare. Because I'd like to share with you also my, my sickness. As some of you know, I have what you call neurofibromatosis. Neurofibromatosis is a genetic disorder that causes tumors to form on nerve tissue. These t- tumors can develop anywhere in your nervous system, including your brain, spinal cord, and nerves. And when you see me, that's what you see on my skin. Those small tumors and then um, numerous number of birthmarks. And as I was growing up, I really didn't matter. Um, it only started appearing uh, when I started becoming a teenager. And it became more and more. At start, I didn't really notice it because I got used to it. Because my mom has it. My brother has it as well. And it, it didn't really matter for me. But as I... I grew up, I became more and more conscious about it. I became more and more sensitive. Uh, I felt that it was, I was disgusting. It was something abnormal, something that, um, what they call this, pushes people away. So much so that I think, na, Lord, will I ever get married? Um, will e- somebody ever accept me, even in spite of all of these things? And for many, many years, my prayer is, Lord, Lord, please heal me. Lord, please remove this from me, my mom, my brother. And I would really cry out to the Lord because it's heavy. It's something that's not pleasant to look at. It's all over my face, my body, my arms. And it was developing insecurities in my life. And even as I trust the Lord, there are moments in my life I just discourage Whenever I look at it, I become discouraged. But God's comfort still remains. That yes, He loves me. If He heals me, praise the Lord. If He does not, then He will use it for something else. My prayer now is this. Lord, I pray that even if you don't heal me, my prayer right now is that, Lord, please, don't let any of my descendants get this anymore because it's genetic. You, you cannot get it by bumping to each other. No, it's passed on genetically. So my prayer, Lord, please, if anything, at least none of my children, none of my niece, none of my nephews will ever get it because it's something very difficult and I don't want anyone to suffer this. Whenever I see people in the stores, or when I go out and I see someone with neurofibromatosis, I pause and I pray because I know it's difficult. Some people have it worse than I do, as in it's super rampant in everywhere they are, and my heart goes out for them. But you know what? In sickness and in death, it makes us long for eternity. I'm excited. Why? Because I am sure that my heavenly body will not have neurofibromatosis. My heavenly body will not experience pain. My heavenly body will be an amazing body. It's going to be a great body that will honor God. And that's why my challenge for you today is to really live out this passage. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, that says, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. What does that mean? What does to live is Christ mean and to die is gain? To live is Christ means that while you are here on earth, your purpose is to glorify God. While you're here on earth, your purpose is to do everything. The Bible says a while ago, right? To teach us to number our days so that we will have a heart of wisdom. To have that heart of wisdom, knowing what to do. Discover what God is asking you to do. Because why life is short, my dear friends. We need to be able to live as Christ because 
life is short. We need to live as Christ by trusting that God is in control no matter what is happening in your life. Whether you have COVID, whether you have an abnormality, whether you have a disease, or whether you lost someone very dear to you, God is still in control. That is what it means to live is Christ. To live is Christ means that, you know what, I'm gonna trust God that He is in control. I'm going to trust God and I'm going to live my life in such a way that will honor Him. I'm going to live my life in such a way that will make a difference for Him. Because why? Many people also need to see that they have a need for a Savior. To live for Christ means to help others see that need. To start gospel conversations. Tita Juvi, you know what, when she was sick, and one of the greatest things and stories that I was not able to share with you is that she maximized her sickness not only by serving God, but during the waiting times, when she would go to the hospital and wait in line for her turn for that chemo or for that checkup, what she would do is what? She would share the gospel and she would make friends to the people that are waiting in line. And many people came to know the Lord because of the testimony, the kindness, and the love of Tita Juvie. And finally, sickness and that makes us long for eternity. I don't know about you, my dear friends, but I am so excited for heaven. I am so excited because there, God is there. And my dear friends, there is no place I would rather be but God has not yet called me home. I am still alive, and you are still alive. And therefore, as we are still alive, we need to live like Christ. As we close, I'd like to hear, let, let you listen to this wonderful song called Blessings. And our music team has prepared a wonderful rendition. Let's listen to Blessings. You know, in the song Blessings, there's a chorus that says, because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And this is the clincher. What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? What if sickness is your mercies in disguise? What if death is your mercy in disguise? Something bad can be used for something good. Something really just, you know, you can't imagine God using something like that. But the truth is, God does. Because sometimes we are too stubborn to listen and to get His whispers that He has to use His megaphone of sickness and death. Because God loves you so much he desires that your life here is not just going to be here. We're enjoying our life too much here. But he says, you know what? Eternity is going to be far better. There, I'm going to be there. There's going to be no sickness there. And my followers are all going to be there together celebrating my greatness. My dear friends, there's no straight answer on why God allows sickness and death. No single passage, no single statement, no clincher. But I have come to realize that sickness and death makes us realize that life is short. And therefore, we need to maximize our time here on earth. Sickness and death makes us trust that God is in control. No matter what's happening, no matter if you feel that it's like punch after punch after punch, God is still in control. He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him. And what? We see our need for our Savior. Because life does not end here. And that's why we need to long for eternity. The next part is actually very familiar for most of you, especially if you've attended weddings. And I'm excited that hopefully one day I'm going to be able to say this too. It's this. It's the vow. It says, I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. I, JC, take eh, to be my lawfully wedded wife, 
to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. I'd like to change it a little bit and make it instead a prayer. And I'd like to encourage you, in your own time, screen grab this. And then after that, post it in your timeline. Tag Elevate. Because this is going to be an amazing prayer. And it says here, as a commitment, I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. I say your name. Take you, Jesus, to be my Lord, to have and to hold from this day forward. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. In what? In sickness and in health. Until what? Death brings me home. And that's the goal. And that's what it means to live is Christ and to die is gain. Why? Because dying means the beginning of eternity in heaven. And that's why I'm so excited that together in sickness and in health until death brings us home. Why? Because in sickness and death, God still blesses. My dear friends, today I just want to encourage you that no matter what you're going through, maybe you've experienced loss, maybe you've experienced hardship during this time, or maybe you're even sick with COVID, or you lost a family member to COVID, I pray that this message encourages you. And this message helps you to really look past this life and look forward to the future. Because there is something so much to look forward to than here on earth. So I invite you right now to just, wherever you are, to pray with me. To just really declare God's goodness and God's grace. You know, I like to close with this passage from Job chapter 42. And he says, verse 5, I heard you by hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. You can have experienced God. You can have heard of his wonders. But now I pray that you yourself will also experience him. Because that is the greatest adventure you can ever have. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. Because we know, Lord God, that you are in control. Thank you, Lord God, for reminding us that life is short. That in spite, Father God, of sickness, in spite of death, Father God, you are in control. And truly, Lord God, we have a need for a Savior because sickness and death is temporary. But Lord, your desire is for us to have eternity in heaven with you. Lord, have, change us. Give us a perspective, Father God, that will look forward to the future because you are a great and mighty God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you. See you next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to stay connected with you, so make sure to subscribe to our podcast or connect with an Elevate group through our website. See you at our next podcast.